The number you are calling does not accept unidentified calls. If you are a solicitor, please hang up now. Otherwise, please enter the 10-digit telephone number you are calling from. Everyone is going through changes. And no one knows what's going on. Do you like it strong? Um, yeah, strong is good. And everybody changes places. But the world still carries on Love must always change to sorrow And everyone must play the game It's here today and gone tomorrow But the world goes on the same Any way we try to grab hold of this Whatever this is, this, this right now, this seeing, hearing, living being, any way we try to grab hold of this, the words, the concepts are never the same as the being itself. And so no conceptual way of saying it is ever quite right. Now love must always change to sorrow And everyone must play the game This whole appearance is very ephemeral and insubstantial, and every night in deep sleep it completely disappears. Welcome to the Urban Guru Cafe. This week, Aretti speaks to Joan Tollefson. Hello. Yes, hi, Joan, it's Aretti. Hi, Aretti. Thanks okay. for making the time to talk. Well, it's a pleasure. Um, so, you know, the first thought that I had when I thought to talk to you is um, it, this thought came to my mind that forgetting about thinking about what it is, like Nisargadatta said, like just forget about it. It's not about thinking about what it is, is it? No, 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 not at all. What I'm pointing to is what's here before thinking arises, which could include thinking. I'm not saying it's not thinking because thinking is part of what is also. But what I'm pointing to is the the bare actuality of being, which is here before thought arises. When we think about it, we're just thinking about it conceptually, which is okay, but that's not really what any of these teachings are pointing to. It's more about seeing through all the conceptualizations. Yes seeing what's there without any concept at all. Even saying seeing is probably not correct either because that assumes that there's a seer there. Well, no, seeing, I mean, just right now, there's seeing and there's hearing and there's sensing and there's being all occurring right now. But the seer or the hearer or the thinker or the sensor, is actually an idea, if you look closely. Mm. The, your, the actual experience that we have in every moment is that it's happening by itself, seeing, hearing, acting, thinking, whatever it is, and thought inserts the idea, the concept of me 
the seer, the thinker, the doer. But that's just an idea, really. Yes. And so you've done the rounds in various schools because you've uh, been with the Zen schools. It's probably incorrect to even refer to them as schools, but they're certainly a way of delivering this message. And you've heard it delivered many different ways. Can you tell me about the different ways that the various schools deliver this message? It's all pointing to the same realization with different language, with different emphasis. My personal experience was that I started out in Zen Buddhism, and from there I went to work with a woman who was my main teacher, I would say, Tony Packer, who was a former Zen teacher who had left the tradition and the dogma and the hierarchy and the ritual and all that behind and worked in a very open, spacious way, just inviting people to explore what was going on in the present moment. And I lived and worked at her retreat center for five years. And then I got involved in Advaita teachings. I read Nisargadatta's book, I Am That, and his his books have been very, very important to me. Mm -hmm. And I met Jean Klein towards the end of his life and attended some retreats with him. And then I went to things with a number of satsang teachers and non-dual teachers, uh, including Gangaji and Tony Parsons. And I met Sailor Bob when he was in Chicago. We had been in touch with each other before that through email and really, really loved loved meeting him. So, yeah, I went to a lot of different teachers that had different ways of expressing it. And that was helpful in some ways because sometimes you can hear something from one person that you can't hear from somebody else, even though they're really saying the same thing. But somehow the way they put it, it gets through to you. So for me, it was helpful uh, going to lots of different teachers and exploring lots of different ways. Some people just seem to find one way and one teacher and stick with it. And so, so what message was it that drove it home for you? Or was it just one message? Well, the discovery is that there really isn't a me. There really isn't anyone here in the way that we think there is. And my teacher, Tony Packer, who didn't like to be called a teacher, by the way, she would just invite us to explore this me and see if we could find it, see what it was made up of, see what it was. And when you really look for this me, who is supposedly thinking my thoughts and performing my actions and making my choices, Mm -hmm. um, you don't find anything. You can't really get hold of how Anything happens, how the simplest decisions actually happen. You can't really get hold of it. And you can't really find anybody who's in control or who's doing anything. Mm. There's this undeniable knowingness, you could say, of being here. No use moaning, it's no use grumbling. Life just isn't fair. There's no easy day. Just get out there and do it. There's this undeniable knowingness of being here. I and mean, there's no way that you can doubt being here. Uh, you don't need to look in the mirror. You don't need anybody to tell you this. It's just, you're just absolutely sure about being here. Uh, but being Joan 
or being a woman or being an American or any of that stuff, all of that had to be learned. And all of that, if we look closely, is conceptual. It's a bunch of ideas. When we really look for anything, a person, a chair, an idea, anything, when we really look for anything, look into it deeply, we don't really find any solid, substantial, continuous thing. It's all movement and change and flux. Uh, you know, they say in, in Buddhism that a complete understanding of impermanence is that there's no impermanence <laughs> because the impermanence is so thoroughgoing that there's nothing to be impermanent. Yes. Nothing actually forms in the first place to be impermanent mm -hmm. because it's nothing but movement. Or you could also say it's nothing but stillness. It's just another word. But there really aren't these solid, separate, persisting objects that we think of conceptually. And we know that scientifically. I mean, we know that if we looked at the chair uh, with a very powerful electron microscope or if we looked at it with time-lapse photography over the next century, we'd see that it's not very solid at all and it's disintegrating in front of our eyes, but we think of it as a solid thing, and it looks that way at a glance. It's more obvious, I think, with auditory sensations and somatic sensations. It's more obvious how fluid it all is than it is with visual sensations, because visual sensations tend to more, we tend to use those to identify objects. Yeah, but it's all flux. So there's really even the idea of my body, if you really look closely, uh, you don't actually find any solid, separate, persisting thing called my body. That's an idea, actually. It's a mental image. And you can discover that in meditation by just actually paying attention with awareness to the so-called body, and you find that it's nothing but changing sensations, somatic sensations, auditory sensations, visual sensations, mm -hmm. nothing but changing sensations. Yeah. And not um, confined to the boundaries of the body, the physical body. There really are no boundaries. Mm -hmm. The boundaries are conceptual. I and mean, we have an idea that there's something called the skin that divides me from the chair. But when we actually just close our eyes and pay attention to, you know, where can we find this thing called the skin... All we really find is sensation. We can't really find where I, I end and the chair begins. Mm -hmm. um, and if we, again, if we looked at the skin through a microscope, we'd see that it's very porous, that it's flaking off, that it's changing. Um, it's not a solid boundary at all. And of course, we depend on air and water and food, and we're in constantly constant exchange with everything that is supposedly not my body mm. so you know there really are no boundaries anywhere except conceptually or apparently
so you've kind of already said everything, but can you tell me what I am and what I am not in the way that you came to understand it? I mean, you've kind of explained it already, but I'm just giving you another chance to say it a different way. Hmm. Well, it's a wonderful question. I mean, with any question like that, what what feels alive to me is not coming up with, you know, some sort of conceptual answer or or formula, but just exploring those questions right now mm-hmm. is what what am I, and what am I? Well, I just look and see what am I right now, and what do we find? We find nothing solid, and we find everything uh, just as it is. So, you know, I would say. I am everything, or you could say I am no thing. I'm not any particular thing. I'm everything and nothing at all because everything, everything that appears is very ephemeral. I mean, the the beginning of our conversation is completely gone. You're recording it, of course, but the the recording is not the same as the actual conversation itself that the actual you know every moment is just disappearing and this morning is completely gone so the this whole appearance is very ephemeral and insubstantial and every night in deep sleep it completely disappears which is very interesting i mean every night in deep sleep the whole world disappears and the story of my life disappears, my problems disappear, and the one who cares about my problems disappears. The one, the, the sort of what I call the phantom viewer, the one who, who is concerned about Joan and her story in the world, that disappears also. Even any, even the, the, the first barest sense of presence or awareness, even any sense of that disappears in deep sleep. And so this this appearance is very fluid and ephemeral, and that's not said to dismiss it, but our suffering really comes from taking it to be something that it isn't, taking it to be some sort of solid reality that's out there outside of me mm-hmm. that that has a solidity and a permanence and and it's not really like that when we tune in to our actual experience moment to moment it's it's not really like that. It's always in flux. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some teachings teachings come at this in different ways. Some teachings uh, kind of emphasize what I'm not, you know, and they say, look at your thoughts and are you your thoughts? Are you your body? Are you this? They invite you to sort of discover that you're not, those things because you are seeing those things. You are aware of those things. So you are something upstream from all those things. That's one approach. Mm-hmm. I don't personally resonate with that approach as much because it seems to me that sometimes that leads people into a sort of false kind of detachment where it's like you have to keep trying to remember, you know, I am awareness. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not my body. I'm not my thoughts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what I find is going in the other direction, just going into everything rather than trying to recede from it. 
just going into everything, going into this moment. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's really no in and out. So this is no, all no, just no, words. Yeah. And then we see that there's really, there's no separation anywhere. There's just this as it is. The, the awareness, the, the sounds, the sensations, the hearing, the seeing, the breathing, the choosing, the thinking, the doing. It's all one whole movement, one whole being. And that sense of any kind of separation, like I'm not this, but I am this, mm-hmm. <laughs> melt, melts away in, in just realizing that there just is what is. There just is this as it is. And the mind, of course, you know, always wants to grab hold of it and define it and put a label on it and have a judgment of it and make a story about it. and Make itself the owner of it. And, yeah, and insert me into the picture somehow, like, <laughs> do I do I get it yet? Have I realized it? Am I seeing it? Am I there yet? Am I enlightened yet? All that stuff. And so, you know, just seeing that that's what's, that's just stuff that the mind is churning out. And uh, it just happens by itself the same way rain falls out of the sky and and uh, the sun shines and the river flows the same way thoughts happen and the brain does what it does trying to sort everything out and label it and all that and it's just one more thing that's happening but when we take those thought ideas very seriously and don't really realize that they're just thoughts and ideas when we take them very seriously as a kind of objective report on reality, that's when we suffer. You know, if we take a thought like, I'm not enlightened yet and I probably never will be because I'm such a loser. (laughs) You know, if we take a thought like that seriously, well, that's painful. But when you really see, that's just a thought. And the me to which it refers doesn't even exist. You are listening to the Urban Guru Cafe. Got to please yourself. People came from miles around. Everyone was there. Yoko brought a walrus. There was magic in the air. The Urban Guru Cafe is a free podcast site on the subject of non-duality. Please consider making a small donation to keep this site alive. And it's all right now. Learn my lesson well. You see, you can't please everyone, so you got to please yourself. I'm not enlightened yet, and I probably never will be because I'm such a loser. (laughs) But when you really see, that's just a thought. And the me to which it refers doesn't even exist. Mm. But it's not a case of just telling yourself, that's not what I am, though. Then it's just like picking up a new belief system. Mm. You know, then, and, and and you see people doing this sometimes, yes. you, can, you know, kind of going around saying, I'm nobody, there's no me, there's no self. It becomes um, like another religion, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. It's like, uh, you know, 
we we you know it's easy to sort of look down on fundamentalist religions but yes, but is. a lot it's very easy for all of us to fall into the same kind of thing and not realize mm. it you know because thought can be very very subtle and so turning all this into a new belief system isn't really what's being pointed to and it's not it's not very satisfying i mean when things really when the water gets rough telling yourself uh, it's all a dream or something. <laughs> Doesn't really cut it. No, definitely not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what really works, so to speak, is to see it, to be aware of it, to really see that that thought is just a thought. In the moment that it arises, to just see, ah, it's just a thought. And so what you say, here you go, this is, this is how I knew that you and I would be talking about something that would sound familiar to me. What you say rings true for me, but is there a you and a me? Well, relatively speaking, there is. I mean, uh, in this appearance that I call the movie of waking life, uh, in this appearance, there's Eretti and, and there's Joan, and, you know, we're two separate people, and you're over there in Australia and I'm here in the U.S. and we're talking on the telephone. So relatively speaking, the appearance, yeah, we can distinguish you from me. But when we really look closely at our actual experience right now, where do I end and you begin? Where's the separation? Where's the boundary? I mean, my experience is that what I'm calling already is sounds that are right here, sounds that mysteriously translate into meanings. I don't yeah. know how that happens. And it's all happening right here. I mean, where is the boundary, really? And and what really is Joan and what really is Eretti? Again, when we look, we don't really find anything solid and separate and permanent. We just find flux and change and flow. So when we really look closely, we don't find me and you as two separate things. But, you know, in terms of daily life, sometimes people, you know, in Zen, they have that old saying, before I took up Zen, there were mountains and valleys. And then when I started studying Zen, I realized there were no mountains and no valleys. And then with enlightenment, there were mountains and valleys again, or there are mountains and valleys. And it kind of points to how some people sort of have the realization that there isn't really any separation. And then they sort of turn that into a, they kind of get stuck there and they're, they go around sort of saying there's no me and there's no you and there's no difference between anything and anything else and the Holocaust is exactly the same as as uh, yeah. you know the, the the nicest thing you could ever do for somebody yeah. and there's no differences and 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 that isn't doesn't feel it doesn't feel true to me mm -hmm. I mean it feel it feels like relatively speaking yeah we can distinguish you from me and and that's part of how this whole appearance is showing up and to deny that or um it feels feels like half the truth to me or feels like it's leaving something out that's sort of obvious 
and part of our experience. Mm. No, but just to see how all of that is very relative and you can distinguish the head of a coin from the tail of a coin. But when you really try to find where the head ends and the tail begins, you can't really find any place. You know, and so to really see that, yes, we can make distinctions and we can function in this play and this appearance, but these distinctions are relative and apparent. They're not absolute or real. And when we really look closely, they're not there. I often wondered about that Zen quote and what it meant and how it was that the mountains disappeared. When you really see mountains and valleys there, like in Zen, they they tend to avoid saying it's all one. They tend to prefer to say not one, not two. Yes. Which I kind of like because that really fits with mountains and valleys. You know, mountains and valleys, they exist together. You know, they kind of create each other, like up and down. You can't have one without the other. Yes. (laughs) They arise together. And you can't really find where up turns into down. There's not really a place. They are, they're one whole arising. And yet at the same time, we can distinguish up from down. And yes. we can distinguish mountains from valleys. But they're not really two separate things. They're just aspects of one whole. Yes. So not one, not two. Any way we try to grab hold of this, Whatever this is, this, this right now, this, this seeing, hearing, living being, any way we try to grab hold of this, the words, the concepts are never the same as the being itself. And so no conceptual way of saying it is ever quite right. Yeah. And it's easy to kind of get stuck on uh, you know, on a concept and then start fighting with people who have a different concept. You, you, you know, you see that on the Internet where people are at war over whether there's choice or no choice or something like that. <laughs> and it's just different ways of describing what's happening. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful, Joan. Thank you very much for your time. Well, great. Thank you for calling. It's yeah. been really nice talking to you. Yeah, it was wonderful talking with you too. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Bye. 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 That's it for now from the Urban Guru Cafe. If you have any comments to make about this story or any ideas you would like to hear about, you can find our contact details at urbangurucafe.com. Thanks for listening. There is no duality in non-duality. The Urban Guru Cafe is produced in Australia. Everyone is going through changes And no one knows what's going on And everybody changes places But the world goes on the same What are you looking for? Nothing. Nothing. You're just rummaging around in the box for no reason. Not for no reason. I'm looking for something. Well, what are you looking for? Nothing.